Welcome to Season 5, Episode 6 of Weekend at Crombies. Tonight, we will be gazing into the public eye. Welcome, dear listener, to Weekend at Crombies. I am Hugh. Nobody does what I do. Nobody. And I'm Dr. James Evans Esquire. It doesn't matter what people say unless you believe them. Oh, very good. <laughs> do you know what? For a moment there, I hoped you were going to use the nobody does what I do quote too, which would be very ironic. <laughs> we're all individuals. Uh, well, it doesn't matter what people say unless you believe them. It's the first quote on the IMDb page. So. I see. Done your research. <laughs> <laughs> we should actually we should like preface this with uh, with uh, James being a soldier is 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 battling COVID as we speak. Um, oh yeah. Well, but, I think I'm winning the battle. Yeah. Um, but it has been a battle nevertheless. But you know, you've you've had your you've had you you've you've had to put shift in as well. You recently as well. I have. So but I was going to say with a with a work ethic that um, that would rival the great Benzini developing his fluids in the back of his car. The, uh, <laughs> weekend weekend at Bernie's has never missed a month. And if this comes out on the last day of June, we've still yeah. never missed a month. I'd also like to add that the name of the podcast isn't Weekend at Bernie's, but Weekend at Crombies. <laughs> 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 wow, we're off to a fantastic start. Oh, Hang in there, folks. <laughs> <laughs> There's only about another four hours of this. Uh, no, we'll rattle through this, mostly because we can't remember the, uh, the <laughs> what happened to it. And again, you know, listen, dear listener, um, I, I don't know about you, Hugh, but it, it has been about a week since I watched the film, so um, I don't I don't know how articulate I can be about this. We're really not selling this, are we? <laughs> <laughs> It's worth it. Hang in there, folks. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, Look, you'll get a good, you'll get a good listen out of it. Oh, yes. you'll get the same quality of listen as we can normally deliver. If if, if I can do a weekend at Crombies post stroke, <laughs> I can do a weekend at Crombies post COVID. Yes. Well, I should actually point out that we're not actually called weekend at Bernie's. It's weekend at Crombies. Yeah, we are. Did I just say weekend at Bernie's? No, but I made you think you did. There, didn't I? Oh, I'll catch you in the edit. Hook, line, and sinker. There we go. But anyway, anyway, enough, enough fun and laughter. Let's let's crack into the public eye. Um, this was your film, but as tradition, oh, yes. I will be carrying the weight of the listen <laughs> yes, yes. And uh, uh, yes, I'm going to hand over straight away. Yeah. It's 1942 in New York, and uh, we are following um, uh, Joe Pesci playing the character Leon Bernsey Bernstein, otherwise known as. We're following a Joe Pesci. A Joe Pesci. Let's let's. <laughs> there's, like, there's more than one. <laughs> let's let's not let's not get into the weeds already. <laughs> we are following. Well, there's only one Joe Pesci, as I'm sure they shout from the terraces of the football stands. Um, yeah. Should yeah. come on. We're, we're and, following uh, the Joe Pesci. The Joe Pesci. The, yeah. the Joe Pesci playing Leon Bernstein, otherwise known as Bernsey, otherwise well, known Bernzini as Bernzini, the great Bernzini. Yes. Yeah. Um, he is uh, what's known as a shutterbug, which is a very, uh, which, which, to be honest, is a much nicer name than paparazzi. Yeah, um, it is, isn't it? Shutterbug is meant to be derogatory, as in you're an insect, but what a what a great name, you're shutterbug. Yeah. 
Um, he is in fact the best of all the shutterbugs. He can get to the scenes first. He can develop. He takes the best pictures. He, he can develop them quickest, and he gets them. You know, if there's a murder, he'll get it on the the front page by the next morning. And um, and we but see he's this an artiste as well, though, isn't he? He is. He's actually standing. We see him standing over a corpse, and the cigar wedged firmly in the side of his mouth, which it never leaves for the whole movie, <laughs> even during the love scenes. We can say um, almost, uh, yeah. almost, yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's spoiler the, alert. He has a love scene. <laughs> I mean, the, the camera fades to black. It does, yeah. I was, I was trying to think of other scenes where Joe Pesci's had a living. I don't want to think of them. Um, but he's he's standing over a corpse that he begins with, and he's kind of artfully, you know, nudging the corpse hither and thither as if he's posing a model. He's like, you know, throw the hat in the, in the shot. Folks love to see the hat. So he's clearly not too bothered with evidence. But anyway, he... Um, he's pose, he, he likes the, the pose, doesn't he? The pose of the... the 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 photograph that's what he yes. wants that's what he wants to capture yeah and um again listen he he leaves the building just as you know the other shutterbugs are gathering they kind of you know slump their shoulders as they realize they've been scooped again mm. by uh, the great Bernzini um he's known by this bug because he's apparently he can do magic with uh, with photographs that's his photo credit his photos by the great Bernzini um and he yeah he, he runs to the boot of his car he's got a little developing station he gets the gets the prints done he um, and he he gets paid and that's what he does yeah uh, and he basically also this doesn't get paid a lot, does he? I was trying to work that out, you know. I can only, like, three pay... pence or three cents, I think. It was three. It wasn't three cents. It was three dollars. <laughs> it was like his, his first. His paycheck is three dollars for what? For a murder? Um, yeah, I was thinking that's about. You're not going to get much more than a murder, are you? Well, I was trying to work out what the economy was. You know, in the 1940s, is three dollars a lot. It's not nothing. It's not. But it's not, it's not, it's not, not a lot, though, is it? It's. I'd, I'll probably. I'd probably need more to stand over a corpse in midnight <laughs> and have a developing <laughs> yeah. station in the car. Yeah. Um, Nonetheless, or whatever floats your boat, Hugh. <laughs> but nonetheless, we um, yeah, he's he's but he's he's clearly you know, in his in his craft, he's known as the best. Um, but he's not again. He they're they're known also known as shutterbugs, and they don't get a lot of respect outside their craft. You know, if you're not um a newspaper man needing a photo, um, you they don't think much of these guys. Yeah. Um, but he again, we see he has a he has ambitions to 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 be an artist in there basically well, he thinks he is an artist and wants to develop himself he's got a, he sent a book of prints to uh, a publishing house to be developed and uh, a very snooty publisher you know says you know it's just these are just vulgar shots and, and, and you know basically saying they're poor people and they're they're you know they're not grand photographs why would i publish them why would they I? are they this slice of life so they are and and also again he, he points out you know he's uh he's able to capture the light you know he'd say there's a, there's a house burning down he managed yeah. to capture the fire truck in the foreground yeah. the house in the background yeah. the people lamenting they're being lit perfectly so he's, he's he's not just capturing life he's capturing life in a very specific way and, and when you consider he's doing it with one of those old cameras where the bulbs explode yeah. um, he's, he's not doing a bad job of it also 52 52 dollars that's how much that three dollars would be worth now so, not an insignificant amount, but still for a murder, you've got to, I mean, that's a lot of work you're doing. I even has a, there's, there's quite a lot of murders going on in New York. If you make, yeah. 50, if you make 50 quid a night, that's not bad. If you make, what's that a week? 350 pounds a week. No. <laughs> that's right. You're not going to do it, eh? Yeah. Look, I better not tell it. I hope no one at work is listening to this, given that I work in data. <laughs> Oh well, no, yeah, that's, that's why three hundred and fifty quid a week. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's well, not bad, that. is it? It's not bad. It's fourteen hundred a month. There you go. It's about sixteen grand a year. <laughs> it's not great. Keep saying numbers. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> this is <laughs> podcast gold. Anyway, <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Lindsay, actually, we, we should mention again in in a in a uh, film riddled with with uh, um, soon to be famous cameos. One of the, uh, the the rival photographers is Richard Schiff. Um, oh, yes. Who I was thinking, oh, I'll keep an eye on him, and he never appears again. So no, goes, he doesn't. He, he just, just he turns up, sees Benzi screaming, goes, oh, and that's it. Um, yeah, because he's in the West Wing, isn't he? He is. He's very good, and he's yeah. other things. He was in Jurassic Park Two: The Lost World too. What's he? He was he was the guy that was eaten by the two Tyrannosaurus. Was he nice. was uh, saving the more famous actors? Well, if if we're, talk, if we're talking about uh, early roles, you've got um, oh who's the who's the English actor? You might be Irish. We're saving, saving, saving. We'll come to. Him. Oh, we're saving it. Sorry, <laughs> I've gone too quick, haven't I? Yeah. Um. But anyway, so we we get a glimpse of Bernie's life, Ben's um, Bernie's life, and it is. Again, he's basically centered around his photography. His his yeah. apartment is you know dedicated a shrine to photog- photographs. Yeah. He's got you know boxes and boxes of different types. You know, like sad people, happy people, the celebrated yeah, people, literally labeled like that. Yeah. and it's the usual. It's the you know, the dark room <laughs> things of, of things hanging on pegs. He basically a kid literally sleeps in his clothes. You know, gets up the next yeah. day and um, goes out. He, he drives around you know all night in his car that has a very primitive police scanner in it, looking for slices of life. And in fact, it does show as he's driving along the streets, he's seeing everything in a potential photograph. Everything kind of Kind of slow motion black and white, isn't it? Yeah, he, he, he's, that's how he views the world and is seeing it. So it's quite, it's quite, a, it's quite a clever thing, isn't it? Because you, where, where he sees it, it's framed as a photograph, isn't it? Effectively, yeah, the way he yeah. sees it, yeah. Yeah. So this is Bernsey's life again. He's, um, and he gets turned down for his book. So we can see he has he has ambition, but he's not going to get anywhere with it because he is, I say, just a shutterbug. Um, but it all turns around when he's invited to uh, a nightclub um, by uh, the owner of the nightclub, Kay Levitz, um, who is a, a rather glamorous woman. Um, Socialite, isn't she? Yes, she owns a nightclub and yeah, they're the best high fluting people go there. Although he has some trouble getting through the doorway because uh, the doorman um, with this is it, yep. is, 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 is played by um, Jared Harris. Jared Harris, that's it. With yeah. and you said is he English? Is he Irish? I mean, Richard Harris is Irish. He's Richard Harris's son, isn't he? So yeah, yeah, but like. With that all due act- respect, and I've got a lot of time for Jared Harris, yeah. I'd have expected a better Irish accent. Yes, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> that accent is awful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Meh, that was weird. Yeah. Because um, it made me think, I thought he was Irish. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be his real voice. No, it's a, it's a strange one. Um, yeah, we, we can skip over that. But yeah, that, that was Jared Harris. And... And then, um, so he's he basically trying to shoom away. He's also wearing an enormous coat. It kind of a, he, he, like his head looks tiny because he's got a huge hat <laughs> yeah, and a coat. And he's a young, he's a very young actor. He's Jed Harris at the start of his career, so he's quite a skinny guy now. Um, mm-hmm. So he's, he looks very strange. But he's going to there throwing his weight around. You know, we don't want your sort in here, Burnsy, etc. But he goes around the back way and um, and speaks to Kay Levitz, played by Barbara Hershey, who is again very glamorous. She's a, glamorous, yeah, blimey. A, yeah, it, it is. There's no, I mean, if you've already graphed this kind of a film noir with the, you know, yeah. the gum shoe treading the streets, she is absolutely the femme fatale. She's dressed in, you know, pearl white. Well, um, I think you're wrong, actually. Here. Oh, God. It's not played by Barbara Hershey. It's played by Barbara Hershey's breasts. Because <laughs> <laughs> in, in effect, that's, that's all there is. <laughs> well, that's giving Barbara Hershey's ever a disservice. Um, <laughs> well, I don't. No, but you know, it's there's, fair enough. There's a fair amount of cleavage on the show. <laughs> there is, there is. But, yeah, um, <laughs> I've got you flustered now, haven't I? <laughs> no, I was just thinking that it's you know um, her lips get a good show as well because they are vivid red. Oh, they are, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I hear stuff about she she is playing to the hilt the femme fatale. Um, because she's, yeah, she's like the I was going to say she she's the physical embodiment of Jessica Rabbit, isn't she? Really? <laughs> 
<laughs> Except Jessica Rabbit never wore white. Um, no, she didn't. Yeah, she, uh, so, and again, the, 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 the trope is the femme fatale is always seen in white. Barbara Hesher's not always seen in white, sometimes in a black cocktail dress. Yeah. But she's also seen quite a lot in white. Um, yeah. You know, this, this paragon. And of course, Bernadette's very struck with her immediately, um, as, you, as you would be. Um, she uh, basically you know, takes him to a her, her backstory is she was married to a much older man. Um, we, we can only speculate how she managed that. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so she said she was an actress um, at one point. <laughs> She's a showgirl that caught his eye. Um, uh, and then he died. Uh, and um, <laughs> yeah, it's, oh, right, okay. Uh, so she's inherited his nightclub. Um, uh, people, she's she's the one that says, you know, people people will talk about you. They talk about me too because they you know, they see who was the gold digger who took the nightclub. Yeah. But um, she uh, she was uh, Joe um, Burnsy was well respected by her late husband. Yes. That's what he says. Yeah, no. But yeah. Bernsey, Bernsey doesn't imagine that. But I think he was respected as someone who was tenacious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so so Miss um, Levitz, for for this reason, has decided she's going to employ a photographer, um, <laughs> rather than say a private eye, because yeah. she needs, she needs, I think it's also because not only is tenacious, um, Bernsey knows everybody, he doesn't take sides, he knows all the cops and all the crooks, because mm. they know he doesn't turn them in, all he really cares about is getting a good photo. So you could he say the same, I mean, if you, if, you take, if you take the photograph bit out of it, you could say the same about a private detective though, couldn't you? You could. You know. But this is kind of his hook, isn't it? This is a Kojak yeah. lollipop. Is uh, Bernsey's a yeah. photographer? Um, yeah. <laughs> so basically, her her thing is a, a a gangster Portofino has turned up in her club and claims he owns half of it, and mm. she had no idea what, what this means except the fact he's not going away and he's causing her trouble. So basically, um, she says, "Burn, can you find out what you know about him?" And he immediately says, "Yes." Um, he's he does work out that she you know she invited him here so he'd be dazzled that she would even deign to speak to him. Mm. Um, it's part of the game, isn't it? Yeah, but he's also actually dazzled that she would even speak to him, so yeah. he's doing it anyway. So um, he he toddles off to find but out. He does it as a favour, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he toddles off to find out where Portofino is all about. And it isn't very long before he, he comes to Portofino's hotel room and finds him dead and strung up with piano wire. Um, so yeah, and <laughs> he's quickly quite taking, nasty as well. It is is brutal. And he says he's quickly snapping a few photos. He does report it to the police, being a good yeah. citizen. But not only the police, the FBI show up as well, um, mm. uh, drag him in for questioning. Um, and again, there isn't. They're not giving much away, except for there's lots of kind of um, shady people sitting in the corner. Um, the FBI are, are, are nosing into this as well, but they're not saying why. So all of a sudden, we realise you know the death of this person is bigger than it seems. Um, and yeah. Um, Bernsey then is, you know, sent on his way and he's immediately picked up by uh, a couple of gangsters um, who drag him off to their gangster hideout, which is, you know, in a warehouse you'd expect. And the, 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 well, we're leading up to So the gangster is, uh, was this, uh, um, Portofino. Who had Portofino? No, murdered. Spoleto. No, Farinelli. No, it's <laughs> Farinelli, yes, it is. <laughs> Oh That's dear. why you don't watch a film Both very tired. about a week before. <laughs> very tired. And they're all Italian names. Far Farinelli. Yeah, Farinelli, yes. Farinelli is one of the mob, the mob uh, mafia heads. Um, but who's his goon? None other than Sal, played Stanley by Stanley Tucci. <laughs> Again, a young Stanley Tucci, you know, basically wearing just a vest, uh, showing off those looking, arms. Looking good, though. Looking good. Um, still not much hair, but uh, but he's, uh, he's, he's... Now, remind me, Hugh, was it Stanley Tucci who was also in... Quick change. It was, yes. There we go. Within a yes. year, we've had two Stanley Tucci plays, slightly comedic gangsters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I saw that and I thought, I want to watch Quick Change again because he was hilarious in Quick Change. But yeah, yeah he's he a slightly more major one. He's the henchman of, um, of Farinelli. 
And again, they lean on Burnsy saying, you know, what do you know about this? You know, la la la. And he's not giving anything away. So um, there's there's lots of stuff going on. I think by this point, actually, um, as they're they're looking over the body, they find a lot of bloodstained um, petrol yeah. coupons. Yeah. Or gas coupons. Ga- gas coupons. On, gas coupons. Portofino's body. And apparently, this is yeah. you know, the war. There's a war on. There's rationing even in America. Um, gas coupons are, you know, if they're huge. Hot money, property, could, aren't they? Hot properties. Um, it's it's the old uh, movie trope of having like bearer bonds. Like it's not actual yeah. cash. It's as good as cash. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, and they're much more portable. So you know, a big stack of uh, of gas coupons will will make you rich. And clearly, Portofino was up to his neck in in gas coupon fraud. Um, but with whom we don't know. Uh, at which point, um, let's see. Doing now. a good job here. You <laughs> doing well. At which point, so you'd think now that Kay Levitt's Barbara Hershey's yeah. club is safe because Portofino, the guy that was shaking her down, is is dead. Um, however, he had a he had a silent partner, um, played by Mafia boss number two, Spalletto. <laughs> That's it. Uh, played by Dominic Cianzi. Um, later today to be seen in the Sopranos as Junior yeah. Soprano. Um, so getting his, his early work in. Um, again, another sinister mafia boss who. Well, he's takes... also in the Godfather part too. Is he? Yeah. Let's you know. Let's just do that first. <laughs> he's like you know an early role for him. Well, he was in the Godfather part too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's not get started. How I feel about the Godfather part two. Anyway. Uh, so he is. Um, he does the usual thing, you know, getting people in his cars and intimidating them, etc. He's saying he is now um, Kay's silent partner, uh, which Burnsy gets even deeper, saying, I'll get some dirt on him, don't you worry. Um, he's basically, his idea of getting dirt is to sneak in and get a photo, an incriminating photo of something incriminating. He hides uh, in the bushes, doesn't he? He sneaks in the bushes and takes photos. Again, basically, this is his superpower. It's the only thing he can do, so he'd better do it well. Um, <laughs> Because again, and lo and behold, it does turn up because he finds out after they all they all leave a, a clandestine meeting. Spoleto is is talking to Sal. Sal oh. is meant to be Fraunelli's number two. He's in fact he's, he's betraying him to Spoleto. Tisk, tisk, tisk. At which point, yeah, Bernie then can, continues to power by getting this photo developed a lot, and he confronts Sal by throwing the photo in front of him. He, 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 does get goes his, he goes to his kitchen, like throws it in the kitchen drawer, and Sal turns away in disgust, and he throws it on the table, and it's like, "This is my Spider-Man web." <laughs> yeah, he has about fifty of them, doesn't he? As he does, um, and it's not like you can send them somewhere to get them printed off. This is the forties. He's got it in the back of his car. Yeah. Anyway, so Sal, uh, yeah. He gets very angry, but eventually he relents and spills all the all the beans about what's happening. What happened was, uh, what, is <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Tell uh, us. Oh, what's the chap's name? I forgot the who's the the victim's name. Portofino. Portofino. That's right. You think I'm dopey now? I had to watch this scene twice just to keep up with everything. <laughs> and it's a very simple shakedown. Portofino has a contact in the federal government who's dealing in dodgy gasoline coupons. Portofino can't sell them um, because all the mafia heads have been promised immunity um, to work with the Italian mafia with Mussolini, which actually was kind of I think, a, a thing that happened in history. Yeah, there wasn't it was, got a deal yeah. done. So the mafia heads aren't getting involved in this. However, these coupons could make millions. So he goes to um, to Kay Levitt's then living husband, knowing that as a nightclub owner, he rubbed shoulders with gangsters in the past and thinks, you know, maybe he's got a few contacts I can use. Um, but Kay Levitt's husband says yes, because um, partly because he can see it's worth millions. And there's a mention of he's got a hot young wife to support, at which you know, Bernie at which point interrupts him saying, did the wife know about the coupons? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Sal looks at him saying, this isn't really about the wife, and you keep up. <laughs> <laughs> and and yeah, Bernie kind of tips his hand there. He's a bit more interested in whether Kay Levitt is guilty or yeah, not. Yeah. But anyway, he continues. So um, so they've got a good deal going. So Portofino and um, 
like Mr. Levitz uh, are, are making their money, but then Levitz dies of natural causes uh, or possibly being smothered by his young wife. <laughs> um, and um, and now he's 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 left. Uh, he's left. You know, he thinks he's in the clear. However, Levitz has been selling the coupons to Spoleto. Spoleto still thinks he's in on this. this is the mafia head. So the fact that Portofino thinks he's now free to sell them coupons is is oh. not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but before that can happen, Farinelli gets hold of, of Portofino and tortures him to get the name of his, his government contact out of him so he can take over the racket. And so I think this is where we are at the moment, is that um, there's there's gas coupons in play and two rival mafia heads now want a piece of the action. That's basically it, isn't it? That's basically it. It took a long yeah. time to get around there, yeah. but there's basically a, 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 a golden MacGuffin and everyone wants it. Uh, now, I'll, I'll freely admit, you could have said anything then. And I would have gone, yeah. Mm, mm. <laughs> Even an actor as compelling as Stanley Tucci narrating this made me yeah. think, which one was Portofino again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it doesn't need to be that complicated, does it? No, no, it could have just said, they're these coupons, they're worth millions. People will do anything for them. There yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does lay it down like it's yeah. an international treaty. Um, but yeah, so and, and but the plot thickens because in order to secure this, uh, Spoleto um, is going to basically massacre all of Farinelli's gang. In fact, he's going to kill Farinelli, he's going to kill everybody. And um, because Farinelli every Friday night has a dinner for all his men at, the, at a different restaurant that's arranged hours in advance. Um, and Sal is going to betray him. He looks very unhappy about this because literally this is his family. But he's going to have to betray them. Um, I guess because he's in he's in he's in hock with Spoleto now. Yeah. Um, he's going to have to betray, and he's also going to have to let Bernsey know where it's happening. We don't know why he has to do that. <laughs> Bernsey <laughs> yeah, insists. Yeah, <laughs> and this, that's it. That's that's Bernie. You know, yeah. Sal is clearly very easy to roll over because he's not that's, only. Well, that's why he switched families. I know because Bernsey goes, "You tell me where they're meeting," and yeah. Sal goes, "All right." <laughs> yeah, he does. I mean, I know he's got a, um, you know, he's got he's got photographic evidence. Yeah, but, but it's going to come out anyway. Yeah, this incriminating photo is, a, is has a very short life expectancy. It does. Farinelli's dead. No one's <laughs> going to care. Um, but yeah, so uh, so that's it. So uh, so, but Bernsey says, "I'm I'm going to take a piece." And Sal goes, "Why do you want to do that?" He's like, "I'm going to take I'm going to take some pictures." Um, yeah. He says with with his cigar firmly tucked in his mouth. Um, yeah. But why? And, <laughs> to, to catch to catch the whole thing. To catch the whole. Yeah, no, whole... it's such a it's such a weird thing. <laughs> well, okay. Maybe you get sixty-five pound uh, dollars for that. <laughs> oh come on! Um, a, 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 as it happens, mafia massacre. Yeah, yeah. well, that's, that's a, more than a murder. Sixty-five dollars. Several murders. <laughs> anyway, so th that's that's pretty much well. No, the, the the plot thickens even further. So as everyone's preparing for this, Burns is you know winding his cameras and etc. Um, but uh, and Sal gets the news about where the the um the 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 nightclub where the meeting is going to be held he's he's one of, he's one of Spoleto's um, henchmen is is watching over him as he takes the call um, but as soon as he takes it he turns his back and kaboom he gets shot in the back of the head yeah, <gasps> Sal is dead so um and then someone comes after Bernsey as well they're they're, they're stalking Bernsey's apartment um, Bernsey fools them by basically putting a large camera in his shower which is enough to fool him <laughs> and nipping out the fire escape but yeah isn't before which he has looked through what is effectively the yellow pages for that a load of Italian restaurants to see if there's a um, uh, uh, a reservation and if there isn't 
that's the one. <laughs> yeah, which it's, it's, a, it's a long shot. But yeah, basically, he's, he's, um, because they say they, they book out the entire restaurant. So he's trying to book a, re- a restaurant. Um, and as soon as they say we're booked for the night, um, he knows that's the one. So it's a good job he didn't show up at some children's birthday party or something <laughs> with his cameras. But he has actually hit upon the right restaurant. Um, well, it doesn't take him long, given that this is New York in the 1940s. How many, how many Italian restaurants must there have been? Oh, there are probably a few. <laughs> I'd, I'd say hundreds. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think wasn't it like Alberto? So it was pretty close to the top. <laughs> yeah, it was Aardvarks. <laughs> I mean, if it had been Zambonis, he'd been out of his luck. <laughs> it was one, two, three Johnnies, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> By the way, if you open an Italian restaurant, let someone else do the marketing because I yeah, would okay. never eat at a place called One Two Three Johnnies. <laughs> We're there. I'm not eat there, but I might visit. <laughs> Bernsey, Bernsey sneaks into the restaurant. He, bri- he, bribes, he bribes the dishwasher and sneaks into a cupboard. Um, but that's a person. He doesn't bribe an inanimate object. They <laughs> 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 <It> weren't invented. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> he bribes a human being who washes dishes to let him in the cupboard. Um, I've got and- an image of him in the kitchen <laughs> giving a dishwasher ten dollars. <laughs> This cost me one murder, this did. The dish was just keeping it tight, tightly shut. It's like, oh, you want more money? Oh, you have a hard bargain, Mr. Boss. Anyway, we're slightly straight. He's hiding in the he's hiding in the cupboard as the again the uh, the gangsters burst in on the the meeting with Tommy guns and shotguns and and gun everyone down. At which point, at which point out, Bernsey's not far away from the action. No, he's hiding behind a chair. He comes out and starts taking pictures with. Yeah. He can be reminded a camera with an exploding flashbulb. <laughs> Maybe they just thought it was guns going off. It yeah. is quite extraordinary how he's not seen. He's also, also, he also he managed to set a secondary camera that's got an automatic uh, shutter. Yeah. So he, he slides out to take a picture of him taking the pictures. So, you know, he yeah. thinks of every that's angle. Proof. Yeah. And in fact, no, he is seen. He's seen by one of these slightly more yeah, perceptive murderers um, who is about to turn his shotgun on Bernsey. Um, and Bernsey's reaction is quite telling. He just lifts his camera to take one final shot. Yeah, he does, um, doesn't he? But luckily, the, the killer is killed by one of his dying victims. And then the other guys pay it no heed. They think, OK, one of our yeah. men's been shot. We don't know what he was doing. Let's just go. <laughs> <laughs> Why was he looking over there by those chairs? What was he aiming at? Was there a spider dead? there? <laughs> Frankie's dead. What was he looking yeah. at? Never mind. Yeah. So they get yeah. they have the hit is that the gang is massacred. Um, Burns, he has he's been he's been wounded. He's been hit fight. though, hasn't he? And not surprised. The bullets are going everywhere. Yeah. Um, and he had absolutely no cover apart from a small potted plant. <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> so a uh, chair leg. Yeah, so uh, so he he staggers off to his his best friend, who's uh, who's like a, a, a features writer, hands him Who all the plates. We haven't play. mentioned yet. No, well, well we, he gets he gets it's a brief foreshadowing. He meets his features writer, who's um written yeah. a, written a Broadway play. He's celebrating in Kay's club, um, and that's about it. We just know that he's a pal of Burns' yeah. who's paper trade. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> Except he's played by another guy who did it in The Sopranos, and you're probably going to tell me he was Godfather too as well. <laughs> no, he, he he was also in Gone with the Wind. <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lie. Uh, <laughs> so Bernsey hands him all the photographs, which turn out to be fantastic shots of them. Um, in fact, we should actually mention as he's taking the shots of this massacre. Um, once again, the it. it the, 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 they turn to black and white as he snaps them, so you get to see yeah. what the stills are of these gangs being brutally murdered. It's um, it's very up close and telling, uh, and you got to imagine when you consider like you know most of the, the criminal shots would be just you know um, 
like coveralls with bullet holes in them. This is this is this is like yeah, this is like combat photography. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, uh, so he hands the place. He gets interrogated by the FBI, but as they're just about to start going heavy on him, the chief of police bursts in and says, "Have you seen this morning's papers? Not only is it the gang um, getting massacred, not only is it Bernsey's photo of himself capturing all these criminals in action, it's a leader writer saying Bernsey is an American hero. He's put his life in danger to to um, destroy this this corrupt ring of government agents yeah, stealing support gangs. our boys in the war, supporting our boys in the war because the um, because they, they're getting gas to fight. And, you know, so Bernsey is then released without charge and um, he's released to the hospital because he has been shot. Yeah, um, yeah. Whereupon he's visited by uh, by Ms. Levitz once more. Um, and um, again, he turns away Bernie, from her though, doesn't he? Yeah, Bernie realizes that um, she actually betrayed him. We've seen earlier that Spletta was leaning on Levitt, and um, she realized that she had betrayed him. That's why Sal was murdered. It wasn't because I thought it was just him cleaning up. Yes, um, that's what I thought. That's why Bernie Bernsey was was trying to be killed as well. And I thought it's because they wanted to kill him. <laughs> but uh, no, Bernie put these two together and realized it was Levitt that betrayed him, and she said. Um, yeah, basically, um, <laughs> it's I, a bit I'm of so a downer. Yeah, it's like I'm sorry. Wish we, we, we have we reached the point where they sleep together. Um, yeah, they, 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 yeah. <laughs> they do though. They it's do. An odd combo. At some point before he goes to see his pictures, he keeps um, giving her his book of his book of um, his portfolio to <laughs> yeah. look at. <laughs> yeah, like a child. <laughs> <laughs> have a look at my have a look at these photos, and yeah. he says, "Yeah, I'll have a look. I'll have a look." Yeah. And you know, she's. I don't think she's interested at all. Well, she does look at him. She's slightly interested, and then of course, in true um, in true. Um, Love Actually style, she realises the photo of her looking beautiful with the caption, beauty. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, in fact, Spoletta, Spoletta makes a great malapropism when, um, uh, what is it? Oh, yeah, when he um, he says, you know, that Bernsey is following her around. It's like that movie I saw, The Hunchback and Sarsaparilla. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nonetheless, so so yeah, they've actually. But then, having seen his portfolio, she then comes up and, and sleeps with him because you know he's he's a wonderful, yeah, sensitive because, man. Because she's seen his portfolio. She's seen his portfolio. That you know, <laughs> if that's all it takes. Because she's seen what a wonderfully sensitive artist he is. Oh, that's what that, it is. They yeah. recognise him. Um, but that Ben, that was then, and this is now. And she has betrayed him. Um, and Bernsey kind of turns away. I think because she says, um, you know, I knew you'd go and take those photos, whatever. I knew you'd you'd chase that down. Um. And he says, um, you don't know what I would do for you. And he's, you know, he's almost heartbroken now. Um, but you also asked the rather pertinent question, if you knew I'd betrayed you, because she cut a deal with Spoleto, you know, to basically turn over Burns in Sal and he'd, he'd give her freedom of the club. Um, he said, well, what, you know, if you knew there was no need to take the photos, why did you take them? And he doesn't really answer that, but we no, kind of know that yeah. he, he said he had to. Yeah. Um, so and she was right. She was right, yeah. Well, probably not right to betray him, though. No, <laughs> no. Given, given the Spoleto is now probably going to go to jail, um, she's actually out from over the hill anyway. So as, as Bernsey and his friend uh, again being escorted from the hospital, they're leaving the hospital now. Um, crowds have gathered because they think you know, they're waving photos there. There are boy soldiers saying, "Yeah, you saved my lad. You know, you, you and your gas coupon <laughs> busting ring." <laughs> they're, they're very enthusiastic at this point. Yeah. Um, and um, wasn't there anything else going on in? <laughs> New York in the 1940s. <laughs> Blimey! <laughs> uh, well, they, they were very powerful photos. Um, they were. They were. Well, they, there's, they, a, there's a nice scene at the end in the car, isn't there? Yes, well, yeah. when um, I can't remember exactly the, the phrase, but it's basically I, this is what I do. No, it's um, it's um, they they get in the car and the, as he turn the engine on, his friend um, hears the police scanner, which is constantly oh, yes. on the go, and he goes, um, how'd you turn it off? And Benny goes, I can't turn it off. And he goes, but look, there's a switch just there. And he goes, no, I can't turn it off. 
um, which is again what and they also talk about him. Burns, he's going to get his book published. He's going to get in everything he wants, um, but he doesn't look happy. He just gives all the, all the matters to him. He's getting just getting back out there. In the end, in the end, it's all about the photos, isn't it? Yeah, and thus ends the private eye. Uh, we, we, public we, eye. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say we got through with the minimum errors, and I called it the wrong name. <laughs> So at the start of this, you 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 gave the wrong name of the podcast, and now you, at the end of it, you've given the wrong name of the film. But we 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 are nothing but professional on the weekend at Crombie's. Oh my goodness, um, it's it's nice to know when you've hit a low point because there's nowhere else to go. I tell you what, though, you did a cracking job on that. You, I mean, you literally could have said anything, and I'd have gone, "Yes, that's right, I remember that." But I I think you were broadly truthful. Yes, <laughs> I was trying to be broadly truthful. Oh dear me. Anyway, so this ends the public eye. Um, join us. Uh, I promise we'll get better. Um, I can make no promises. <laughs> well, maybe year six. <laughs> uh, as we look into, again, some of the themes of the public eye. Welcome back. Uh, I trust the uh, the camera film has been suitably wound up and posted to the post office to wait uh, those magical two weeks until you get your prints back. Find the thumb placed prominently over the far corner. For it is time to look at the public eye. And James, this was your choice. Would you like to begin by telling us why you chose the public eye? Um, well, uh, yes. Okay. I seen the public eye before actually weirdly yeah. many 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 years ago um and uh I, it, it it intrigues me a little bit actually there's a number of reasons i'll, I'll go into the kind of his, the, the historical side of it. it intrigues me a little bit because it's a film that stars joe pesci joe pesci straight after his huge success or successes i suppose in home alone and probably more relevant for this film um, Goodfellas, um, and particularly Goodfellas, as he won the Oscar for Best Supporting Actor, and also it's a similar genre film. I guess not quite the same, but it's a similar genre film. Um, so he had his choice, basically. He had his yeah, he had his choice. Absolutely, he was a he was box office, um, and I thought it strange that a film where he could he had any choice he wanted, he. He chose what I think is quite an it's quite an unusual premise, um, and you know the, the the film wasn't cheap either. It cost fifteen million dollars, um, and it it was a huge flop um, at yeah. the box office. It made you know it it, it made three million dollars back, so it, it didn't it didn't do well at all. And I can kind of understand why because he's playing a he's, although he's he's although he's not completely different in terms of the genre of the film he's playing a very different character and it, it feels odd to me i remember when i watched it um and it, this would have been in the 90s i presume um f finding it quite i thought i would like it a lot more than i did when i watched yeah. it a long time ago because it, it sounds like a really interesting kind of film but I, I found myself not really engaging with it that well and the reason why i chose it again okay it, it it's got stars in it uh, and it hasn't done well but th there's a few things we had a conversation at the start of the last podcast when yeah, I can't remember if it was actually in the recording or not, but we were talking about Joe Pesci quite a lot. Yeah. And we were talking about how, you know, he's a quite a versatile actor and he's in a lot of films. A lot of them are underrated. And I thought, oh, actually, that reminds me that he's in this. So I had two films I was going to choose and I scrapped them for the public eye. That was on my list generally, but I thought I'd scrap them for this. The other reason why I chose the film was because 
Um, it's directed by Howard Franklin, who directed Quick Change. Ah, really? Um, yeah, yeah. And it's the film he made straight after Quick Change. In fact, Are I think you he's made... serious that he just picked up Stanley Tucci again to yeah, do the same role? Yeah. Well, he's made, he's made th- from my understanding, he's made three films in his career. This one, Quick Change, and then another film that was made before Quick Change, the name of which escapes me. But, but this is the weird thing. Those, those, the first two films star Bill Murray. Yeah. Um, and from what I understand, Bill Murray was supposed to star in this film as Burnsy, ah. but was otherwise engaged filming Groundhog Day. Probably a waste um, So made probably the better call, yeah. <laughs> you know, in terms of box office. And so um, wasn't able to, to, to do this. Uh, now, obviously, Joe Pesci is a big star in his own right and was was a very a really big box office kind of hit. So I thought it was quite interesting to see a film by Howard Franklin um, straight after Quick Change that, and it's a very different film as well. And um, I, I th- I, I, I'm not sure, but I think this ended his career because <laughs> it, it, I've not, he's not really done anything else. He's not done anything else at all. So there's a bit of a connection with Weekend at Crombies, I suppose, particularly this year's Weekend at Crombies yeah. in terms of Howard Franklin, in terms of Stanley Tucci as well. Um, but there's also a connection in terms of Joe Pesci that we were talking about in the last one. And I thought, actually, you're right. I've not I think he's a he's an interesting character, an interesting character actor who doesn't often get the chance to lead films, no. despite being a very, very good actor. Yeah. Uh, here is one example of him being the lead and it, it bombed at the box office. And I don't think there was I think if he was ever going to lead a film, this would have been the time to do it given it followed hot on the heels of Goodfellas and Home Alone, Home Alone being the big success it was, Goodfellas being the big critical success that it was. Um, and yet it didn't really work. It didn't really work for him. Uh, now, you know, he went on to do, it didn't really affect his career necessarily, but it, it, it certainly wasn't the vehicle that I think was expected. And yet uh, in the, the same other, year, yeah, go on. My Cousin Vinny came out, it, yeah, which is much more yes. in his in his remit. Of, uh, it's of, mu- yeah, well, and this is the thing, isn't it? It's much more in his remit. And, and did um, make him a star as, with well, made him, again, a lead actor in a film. He was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose in that regard, I kind of feel a little bit, oh, I, you know, I'm sure he doesn't care that I that he has my pity to a certain extent. <laughs> I kind of feel sorry for, for him in, a little bit in this context because, um, you know, it, it's almost like there's a type, he's been typecast then as a consequence. And, you, you know, he, later on, he's in the kind of Lethal Weapon films as well. Typecast to a certain extent in that kind of, um, you know, uh, loud mouth, you know, witty sight, you know, that kind of yeah kind of uh, approach and you know contrary to kind of a lot of people I quite like him in the Lethal Weapon films and I think his persona is is good when it works like that but um he, he he's got acting chops yeah, obviously yeah. but and he's got acting chops and I think he's very versatile and this was the film that I think could have done it but it didn't and I don't think it's got anything to do with him because he's good in it yeah oh you I can't hear you anymore Hugh Oh, that's because I sat oh. on the mute button. <laughs> <laughs> it I'll just stop gets swearing, worse, you know. doesn't it? Or better, maybe. Um, no, I was going to say um, a couple of points. That is, firstly, he'd he'd kind of those big roles, like the big personality roles. Um, yeah. Not just good fans, but things like Home Alone, things like My Cousin Vinny, things like Lethal Weapon Two. That was all before the Public Eye. They they're, they're kind of that. Well, I suppose you're right, actually, aren't you? Yeah, Lethal Weapon Two was before this. You're right. Yeah, and the other thing was. Yes. Um, yes. 
we said you know he's been in a lot of films. I would say for kind of an actor of his status, his 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 roster is surprisingly thin. Um, well, and I think yes. it's, he's been picking and choosing as much as fitting into roles. And he, um, you're right actually. Uh, but I think that the he's in a lot of. You're right. He's not in an. You know, some some actors are in like hundreds of films, aren't they? Yeah, you know, yeah. he he's in say thirty or something like that, or forty. Yeah, so it's yeah. a lot. When you fewer. consider that, yeah, it's Joe Pesci. That's a lifetime's uh, film. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. You're right. But but I suppose he um he basically retired in the early two thousands. He did. So, yeah, he knows his retirement. Yeah, yeah. To focus on music. Yeah. And and music and because he's a musician as well. And he came back. He's come back. I think he's made like two films since two thousand and two. One of which is The Irishman, which he was nominated yeah. for an Oscar again. But again, you know, that's the it's the same film, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> he, plays yeah. This, he doesn't play quite the same role in it, but he plays a similar type character yeah. in a film, which is a similar film to what he's known for. So he's come back for that. Um, so maybe I, maybe there's a time to go against type, and he missed the he missed the mark. I think it. you're right. I think you're right. Yeah. I think I think there was a time to go against type. Although I don't think he would have seen that that was the wrong time or the wrong film because the film is of that era perhaps of that type of genre it's got mobsters in it it's got gangsters in it it's a noir that kind of stuff would fit broadly with what you might expect him to do but he's not playing the mobster um, I, don't, I don't think it's just the mobster. He's not playing a larger-than-life character. No, he Brindy, isn't. He, Brindy, he's quite Brindy subdued, is, isn't he? That's the thing, I think. It's not the, the setting or the genre or even what yeah. he does. He's not a larger-than-life character, which is, is is the choice they made for him. But if you can imagine, you know, if, if um, you know, Leo Getz was playing, was, was a photographer, yeah. leaping yeah. around the place, scamming and hustling and all this kind of stuff, you probably, you'd have a very different film, but you'd have a character people could say, oh, yes, this is a Joe Pesci film, and I, I get it. Yeah, I think you're but right. But then yeah. that's, not, again, maybe as an actor, you don't just want to keep playing the same character each time. Yeah, but, and, and there's... A, and you, there's... Sorry, you talk about the right moment to go against type. Um, yeah. By comparison, um, um, sorry, uh, Bill Murray had just gone from playing a clown in a screwball comedy to Groundhog Day, one of the most yes. definitive, definitive films of his career. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, but there's, I mean, talk, talking to Bill, Bill Murray in this context, if Bill Murray had been in this film, now obviously he made he made the right choice being in ground, uh, Groundhog Day. But if he was in this film, I think I actually think it might have been better. And that's not a slight on Joe Pesci yeah. because he's a fantastic actor. I'm just I think he's miscast a little bit yeah. in, in this, and I, I think he's miscast in a number of ways. What I wanted from the character was a little bit more of that. Um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? A little bit more a Bill Murray type cynicism. Hangdog. Um, yeah, that kind of hangdog. And because the way that the film starts, you know, he, um, Bernzini's character is—it's it, kind of comedic, isn't it? I mean, he's very serious. He's very serious yeah. about his work, right? Don't get yeah. me wrong, but it's kind of comedic. He like he he dresses up as a priest, for example, to get in an ambulance yeah. to, to administer the last rites so that he can take a photograph of the body. And he gets that thrown out. Very screwball, yeah, 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 exactly. Now, you know, he's good in that, but it doesn't follow it on. And I wonder whether that's—I think if Bill, if it was Bill Murray. He, he that would have translated further into the film whether it would have been a choice or not and bill murray might have had more say over the kind of the, the process of it. i don't know but it because i think a film like this and the character that he's playing it needs that it needs something to cut through what is quite a dour story yeah in the end and i think because of that his character isn't isn't and this is a weird thing to say about a Pesci character. It's not lifelike enough. It's not. It's it's not got. It's not energetic enough. It it doesn't. 
it doesn't quite have that hook. He yeah. doesn't have that hook. He, 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 it stops too quickly. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. You you don't have yeah the bounce or or the, the, the patter yeah. or the I don't you know expect, the hustle you know, the hustle because yes. he's, he's the great Benzini. He's meant to be you know the king of the shutterbugs. He can get the shots no one else can. Yeah. Um, but very very early on. But when he almost when he comes into the orbit of um, Barbara Hershey, he gets very dour and subdued. He's he's almost um he's he's almost shy, becomes shy, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he's in awe of her, and yeah. yeah, I just don't think. I don't know. Surely, if you're hiring Joe Pesci, you're hiring you're hiring the actor, but also the character Joe Pesci, aren't you? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so you you want a bit of that pizzazz that patter that i don't know that edge and he doesn't have it in in this film it's you know and again it's that's a i don't think that's his fault necessarily it's probably the direct it's the direction in some respect and the script but there needed to be something a bit more in there and i thought in the first 10 15 minutes it was going to go down that road you know he was going to be someone a bit like fletch right yeah. you know chevy chase character who was just going to get into scrapes and uh, the film doesn't need to be a comedy you don't get me wrong but he needs to do more in it and this this kind of it, it it feeds into this it's linked to this and it feeds into something else which i found problematic about the film which is as well as the character being quite passive i think the ways in which he finds out things are is also very passive so he never really uncovers things through investigative through through investigation right uh, which is why i might have wanted the film to be much more about a private eye um or or a police chief or something like that he finds things out because he just knows people so <laughs> if he wants to find out something about someone he talks to a police officer what do you know about this person oh this person's this great now he knows about this person um and it, it introduces characters and drops them without really thinking about what they're there for so the, the jared harris character yeah. is a bit of a non-character and so is so is um so is the Jerry Adler character, the, the Arthur Nabler, his, his friend, who oh, is yeah. his really close friend. He's in like two scenes and he's only in the film to enable the photographs to be delivered to at the end, to be delivered to the newspapers. Yes. And, and so it, I, I do no love way... actually the way that they contrive the weather, because when Bernie's going to take his photos into what might certainly be his death, because he's walking mm. to, into a mafia shootout, he writes Jerry Adler a letter saying to be opened uh, to, to to um my friend to be opened on the event of my death. But he forgets yeah. to write on my death. Yeah. <laughs> and so he, finally, he said, you read my letter? Yeah, it had my name and it. it said to be opened. He goes, oh, yeah, I forgot to write the last part. But <laughs> what do you mean you read it? it but, that's, um, I mean, but that's I suppose that's it, isn't it? it, it I don't know. It, it's almost like I need. I need something a bit more. I need something a bit more that isn't just Joe Pesci knows people. Yeah, or again, uh, it's very fortunate with photographs. He happens yes. to take an incriminating photograph with Sal in Sparello. Well, that, yeah, no, so that's the other thing. Yeah, so that's exactly he's there at exactly the right time to get that exact photograph, yeah. and so therefore that's that's the story, isn't it? That's the plot. So there's no real plot movement. It, 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 you know, what I what I want is. I don't mind people, un obviously people need to uncover information, yeah. but they need to uncover information through agency, yeah. not not just simply because they were in the right place or at the right time, or because they speak to someone who just knows. Otherwise, you know, why aren't we following that person? <laughs> yes. that That's much more interesting because that person's done some detective work. Yeah. Right? Well, here's, here's the other thing. Is again, I'll come to this point in terms of um, how information, again, to, is relayed to the audience. Yeah. So th this was the big thing for me is that, the reveal that Bernstein knew that Kay had betrayed him 
is comes at the end of the film. The mm. the shots have been taken, the shootouts happened. Burnsy's got away from the FBI. He's recovering in hospital, and then he has the big breakdown with Kay, saying, "I knew all along that you betrayed me. As soon as Sal was killed, as soon as they came for me, I knew it was you." But we didn't know he knew that. No, we didn't know. And so, so it, yeah, you're right. And that that's a very important point because the fact that Bernie knows he's been betrayed, so there's mm. no there's no reason for him to go and take those photos. And the fact that he's been betrayed and knows there's no cause for him to take the photos, and he needs to do it anyway. He he, he has this need to witness this this great event and take photos of it is yeah. very important. But it we, is. We but we don't know any of backwards. that. Yeah. So we yeah. so as far as we know, because when because when Sal got killed, I thought, well, their mafias are betraying each other. They killed him, and mm. when they came for bernie well bernie's been threatened a lot by all sorts of people so i didn't really know who was trying to kill him it, i didn't immediately think it's a betrayal k has betrayed no, no no i agree i agree i thought it i thought much like the rest of the film some information will have been passed to someone yes and he's there he's now prime target number one yeah and we and might find that out but you're right if we had known about the betrayal and we had seen Burnsy making a decision to still take the photographs because that's your high noon moment oh it is exactly a high noon moment that is exactly it and it makes that last scene in the car with Arthur Nabla even more powerful yeah doesn't it because we we you know we can link it back to the point where he went anyway yeah. otherwise he just goes because that's he what he's supposed to do yeah, yeah, I guess he, he has a plan. The plan yeah. works out exactly as it should do. Yeah. And that's that. And that that's a so, so where's, terrible where's the danger? Where's the edge? Where's the Where's the all is lost moment? Yeah, where's the all is lost moment? Where's the high noon moment? Yeah. Um so uh, so the, and, and if there's one thing I so uh, it's a very good point there, and it's the, it's the one thing I really find that takes me out of a film is when it's set up to be an authentic view of a time or a, a process or a character yeah. and yet it asks you as the audience or the viewer to accept so many things at face value um and i you know by that i mean um information which is trans um transferred to individuals through coincidence or um characters not really working hard to for the plot to move forward yeah. right um or um bad bad kind of script or st structural decisions um where the film could have been improved significantly if a piece of information was revealed to the audience earlier you know those things and they're not you know we're not talking about a heinous crime being committed we're not talking about something that's misogynistic or racist but we're talking about things that for me i switch off because yeah. I almost think to myself, I why am I supposed you expect me to believe the things that are happening in this film, even though in every other instance the film is an authentic portrayal or it's trying to present an authentic portrayal of this um of this shutterbug who aspires to be something more, right? Yeah. I I I can't accept it. And so I I mean I felt I lost interest really. Yeah, I really yeah. lost. I found I found myself very, very difficult to engage with any of the characters. As soon as the plot decided just to move things forward because things needed to be moved forward. Well, I mean, the fact that you know we were uh, saw me flailing around trying to describe which mafia boss was after which. Well, this is the point. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't it matter. Does it, very it? well in my memory. No, it, it was one guy that was killing another guy. There was going to be a shootout, and that was that. There was yeah. no. You didn't really know why one guy was you know, it didn't even really seem to be that crazy about the coupons that was a very much in the background i mean uh, that 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 as a macguffin the coupons is a 
that really is a MacGuffin. I mean, like, yeah. you know, oh my goodness me. But it's not it's not even a very interesting MacGuffin, right? It doesn't really matter. Well, you put it this way, if, without, if the coupons weren't there, is anything markedly different? You could no, still, no, K could still have been leaned on by mafia guys wanting a club. Yeah. One yeah. mob could still have wanted to wipe out the other mob for reasons. Um, it doesn't need to be about anything, does it? And the, F the FBI are actually irrelevant to the story. Um, yeah, they are completely irrelevant. When I, and it's not, it's not, it's not the same film. It's not a similar film necessarily. It's very different in style. But when I look at a film like L.A. Confidential, which asks the audience, which reveals things to the audience at exactly the right point, but asks the characters to work hard for those plot developments. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And at every single point, characters have to make decisions without the full facts. Yes. Right? Yeah. But the audience starts to understand those facts as the characters understand them and know them that is how you do it that's how you do it you don't do it by the characters knowing things that the audience doesn't because what's the and point the, of that and sometimes the characters arrive at the wrong decision i don't think there was a single point in this movie when a character stopped and went wait i got it absolutely wrong. absolutely um, well the um you know yeah and again there's scenes in um la confidential where characters make the wrong decisions the um the the scene with james cromwell yeah. and um uh what's the, what's the guy's name who um uh, kevin spacey yeah. right when when spacey's shot you, you are you not expecting that yeah because he's a big star in the film but that is a character making the wrong decision and we are we have it revealed to us at the same time spoilers the, for la confidential yes sorry sorry <laughs> no it is it is 25 years old it's one of the greatest neo-noir films I think that's ever been made. I mean, I, yeah. I think it's 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 verging on peerless. It's one of my favourite films. And it's one of my favourite films because despite it being such a complex story, it's presented clearly. The narrative is strong. The structure of the film works and it reveals its hands at the perfect points. The public eye does none of that. It does yeah. all. It makes all the wrong decisions. And it's a shame because in terms of the technical aspects of the film, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. The acting is fine. I think that Pesci is miscast. I don't think Hershey has a lot to do in it, but they're not. You know, it's not terrible. It's not terrible. They're, they're perfectly fine. I think it, I've, I've put um, Bob said Bob Hershey was very breathy. <laughs> she, she was. She was she very breathy. She sighs yeah. or breathes a lot. She does. She does. But she's carrying a lot of cleavage, isn't she? So she's got to. Um, so you know. But I mean, you know, that is what it is. I've seen worse performances, right? So you know, I, will, I will say, in, okay. in finish the film, they cast an age-appropriate woman. I think she's in her forties, which yes. so, you know, they yeah, could have easily right. cast her in their twenties. Yeah, they could have. So, um, so, uh, I mean, I like, I like the, um, I like the way it's shot. I think it looks rich. I think it looks of its time. It feels authentic in that context. Yeah, I, I like the to, if, you're, if you're doing a photography-based film, you've got to nail the colours. Got to nail that, haven't you? Yeah, I like the black and white um bits where you see through ben benzini's eyes or Bernsey's eyes you know i like that i think we could have gone further with that because i remember well, in the uh, in the in the shootout scene um he sees it in black and white but it's still moving and then it freezes and you kind of got a ghost image of a still as things yeah. are still happening and i thought maybe that's what we'd see but i thought what if it was just still images and we heard all the action yes. happening around yeah. i thought maybe that was better if you just you know, capture that moment because that, I mean, that's what right, a photograph is. It's not moving. It's that solid moment where your eye is drawn to all the details. And I thought maybe that if they were a bit bolder, they could have gone for that as the as the what Burnsy's seeing. Yeah, and I, I think that really sums up. Well, it doesn't sum up, but that, that's partly 
the reason why I think the direction of the film is very bland. It doesn't have a lot going for it in terms of what it's trying to present. There are some nice touches in it, um, but in terms of in terms of what it does, like a, a director's role is to drop you in the environment, right? And there's, I, I feel like the environment in this film is all well put together, but it, we're, we're, we're almost looking at slightly the wrong things. Um, yeah. It's done in not quite the right way. You know, I, 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 I'll be honest, I'm, more in, I'm much more interested in the film being about a private eye or about, if it's not about that, about Burns's photography i'm quite interested this, about yeah. what he means about his what, what what's the social commentary that he's making there that's interesting yeah this is what i felt actually it's why i felt the movie is being pulled apart is that there are two competing stories here one mm. is quite a pedestrian film noir um yes. it, it almost it feels so like it's quite dull isn't it given it's 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 in the era of neo-noir you know there were some great neo-noir films been yeah. made it's it's got an old standard plot i mean it's, it uh, femme fatale is leaning on a gumshoe um to get the mafia out from under her and he puts his life at risk doesn't get the girl in the end and that's kind of it that it's a it's very standard it's, a, it's age old isn't it, it is, but, it, but, it but it's not it's not reinvented or told with no. a different lens it, and no. it's even told in the 40s it's told in the age of you know so it's yeah. there's nothing to it but then the other story is the great bernzini which is very interesting yeah, um, really? yeah it's it's about again that this photographer who again for, for one thing Again, this this is what we pick up in fragments. To have a whole movie dedicated to this, you have this kind of paparazzi underclass that everyone hates, but mm. clearly there's an industry built around because newspapers sell by the image on the front cover, mm. so and they have to turn it around within hours and get it on the front page yeah, yeah. and beat each other to the punch. So you, you know, never see any of the others. The only time you ever see another shutterbug yeah. is when they arrive at the scene when he's just leaving. That's what I was thinking. Because again, it was a shame being the Richard Schiff was at that walk-on part. But you know, what do the other shutterbugs feel about Burnley? Yeah. Um, what's, what do that, they, what's that? What's that? What's that social structure like? Yeah. What are they doing that he yeah. does better? And they think, oh, he is the magician. No one can do what he does. What are they? You know, what are, what are they trying to do? What's What's the basis around that? You know, who again? There's the nice moments like when he's in jail and there's a, a gangster with his. He's holding his hat over his head, um, his face. Yeah. So he kind of his yeah. photo taken and all the, the, the journalists are in one corner waiting for him to drop it and he's not doing it and Burns just goes look it's me you know who I am who do you want your picture taken by um, and he goes I'll make you immortal and the guy goes yeah okay you take a quick shot and he, he takes a photo and it's like those, those are nice moments it's like if yeah, he, is, yeah. he can convince anyone and his name is so renowned it's like yeah if you can have your photo taken have it taken by you know Bernzini. Um so there's a whole story there and yeah, really, the fact that he's trying to bust a ring of, because maybe you could you could have had you know the whole Mike Club thing, the whole the, yeah, you could have still had that yeah, but not as not as prominent and not throwing if Burns is just the witness to it, which is the witness to everything, not the guy trying to solve the mystery. Um, yeah, because like you know, even even the Jared Howard character, he's there basically to pop up every now and again and say this guy's scum, and yeah. that's it. He yeah. he doesn't like come in at the last minute and spoil the plans. He has he no agency. Try, there's no reason for him to be in the film. Yeah, and it's it's a it's a weird thing because maybe it's like oh we just need someone to reiterate that no one likes the shutterbugs, and that's it. Yeah, but it's almost like show don't tell, right? Yeah, <laughs> to have Jared Harris in an enormous costume and a strange <laughs> accent telling <laughs> us that they're called shutterbugs. Yeah, yeah, show us that. So you're right. You know, maybe maybe the film, the film I would have wanted to see was the film about the shutterbugs or or um, Burns's obsessive character within the world of the shutterbugs yeah. and then and then the the plot or whatever the plot can be about the nightclub can hang on that yeah but at the moment it almost it almost it's too safe i think it it, yeah. it drops the interesting stuff as soon as there is the hint of a plot yeah and yeah. actually the plot isn't it's not interesting enough to 
to carry it to warrant the drop of the characterization, I don't think. Although it's interesting again that you're right about the hijinks at the beginning, which is meant to like, make us like Burnsy, um, mm. which is again dropped at the end for kind of devotion to tr the truth. Because it mm. really, when you, when, you, when you look at his photos and you look at what he sees as he drives around, he's looking for truth. Yeah, he and is. Think, yeah. would, and this is interesting because I remember years ago talking to a, you know, a, journal, a proper photojournalist saying, you know, are you ever tempted to like CGI a telegraph pole that's in the way? And so, no, you can't do that. You've, 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 you, once you start tankering, you're not a photographer yeah. anymore. You know, yeah, he's stuff. looking for the human condition. Isn't exactly. So, what would. So would he really go to a murder victim and start throwing their arms into a more artistic yeah. pose? Yeah, um, you're right. Again, would he? Okay, he would say he would. Um, he'd sneak on an ambulance to get the shot because he'd do anything to get the shot. But like it was, let's say, pretend to be a vicar is very hijink stuff. It's not. It is. Isn't it? Um, so it's it's like that. You know, here's because you know this was Joe Pesci. Everyone knew from Home Alone, and everyone knew was yeah. um, yeah. the weapon. Let's make him funny, but then let's get serious. And it's like you right again that safe choice. If like he'd. Um, Yes, like let's show the audience what they're expecting, but then let's take it away completely and get serious. And it's such a again, a, it's such a weird thing, isn't it? I yeah. mean, no, and safe, safe is okay, but if safe, but it's got to be done bloody well, <laughs> right? <laughs> Otherwise, it's just boring. Yeah, and this, yeah, the, the, the plot wasn't interesting. You were not invested in whether Leo got together yeah. with Kay. Um, again, yeah, in all in all fairness, you didn't know <laughs> that she looked at his book and when you know she was moved by the fact he'd taken a photo and thought she was beautiful i'm fairly yeah. sure she's experienced that before <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> people I mean, think i'm beautiful i never realized and i don't want i don't you know i don't want to put a downer on joe pesci but that that romantic scene it's it's just it's so unrealistic and i don't mean it in the sense that it could never happen but it, it just didn't feel natural no I thought they're not. I, th I thought to myself, there is no way that they're going to kiss here, are they? And they did, and I was like, no, I'm sorry, no. And, and it's and again, it's not because I'm not being down on Joe Pesci, but I didn't believe the characters. They well, there was done again, that. The, again the, the, the drag the sword scene in Casino. He has a uh, inverted quotes love scene with Sharon Stone, um, which is you know played almost for laughs and vulgarity. Yeah, yeah. But you have no doubt they're going at it. Um, oh and, yes, absolutely. And, you're right. Yeah. yeah, and that's fine, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Think. Yeah, fair enough. I I understand why those two characters would do what yeah. they're doing. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's it's yeah it's not the the disparity, but yeah, you're right. It's it's odd. I'll let's give Joe Pesci some props. He manages to act convincingly with a cigar rammed in his mouth for 90% of the film and that is oh, not easy you yeah. can understand what he's saying for one thing yeah because this, this is based on a real life shutterbug um it's based on uh, arthur ouija felig apparently who was again um took lots of black and white photographs in new york and was seen with a cigar shoved in his mouth um so i think um, well, well but, you're right. I mean, and you know, he, Pesci is an excellent, excellent actor, and so therefore he's going to put in a good shift, isn't he? Yeah. He's, he's a good actor, and he, I think he, I don't know, I think he, I'd say he does as well as he can with the material he's given, but I also don't think, I just don't think it works. No, he it doesn't did, work. The, the, the character is too dour. The character doesn't have yeah. enough of him. Although, funny, if I'm looking at the poster for the movie, and it's got Joe Pesci with a cheeky little cigar and yeah. um, and the the thing, and he looks cheeky. He looks like you're in for a, a Joe. But it looks Pesci. a bit like a comedy, doesn't it? It looks like yeah. it, well, maybe not a comedy. It looks like it might be uh, a a noir with comedic elements to it. And the first ten minutes is exactly what I thought it might be, and then yeah. it just isn't. It's I mean, a, it's just a noir. Maybe it's the technology. Is is it ever possible to have? those kind of cameras with exploding flashbulbs not in a comedic element 
It just it's it just lends <laughs> yeah. itself to comedy. It's that big explosion. It's that yeah, poof. it's true, isn't it's, it? The, the startledness. It's you know, yeah, you, you yeah. expect little birds to be flying around after you. Don't exactly. You? Yeah, and yeah. I remember it's in Untouchables, which again has has its yeah. dark moments. The scene when the when the photographer comes on with the big flash bomb is played completely yeah. for laughs. It's just a funny, yeah, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's yeah. and it was technology. You can't you can't get away from how it was, but it's very hard to play it as you know as a very serious art when you get that ping. Yeah, you're right. You're right, actually. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, and and maybe that's it. The film either needed to be far more comedic or far more hard boiled. Yeah. And in in the end, it just it fell between the cracks, didn't it? You know, I mean, what can you do? Uh, 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 Is there anything else you want to mention about it? Um. Well, I made one observation, but it's been kind of underplayed now. But you said he was in Godfather 2, is the fact that it used actors who later became famous in Sopranos, mm. um, which, you know, a film can't help what happens to his actors later on. But when you see people like, again, Dominic Chanzi um, yeah. playing mobsters with real nuance and, and flair, um, the fact that he's given some appalling lines, you know, like he's, he's you know, he's stuck oh, in this mobster yeah. hat, little moustache and going, oh, yeah, loyalty is touching, but it will be ultimately futile. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. oh, these lines are landing heavy. And, you know, you know, these actors can do better because they have done better. Yeah, you think, exactly. oh, dear me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I, 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 uh, I have absolutely no I'm not surprised in any way, shape, or form that this was a complete box office failure. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, there are there are worse films, there are worse technical films, there's worse acted films. But who's going to watch this? Who, uh, you know, who's going to go to the cinema and and watch a film about a photographer? It, it just needs to be something different. I don't know. It's not. A good, I don't think it's an easy sell. No, I mean, I, I'm going to try and track down if anyone ever made a trailer of it to see how they would sell it in a trailer. If, I bet they try and sell it as Joe Pesci does funny things, because I don't know. No, how yeah, I bet they do. Yeah, I bet they do. They, they'd get every hijink and scrape it yeah. together for well, a, they'd, ninety seconds. Yeah, they, they, yeah, it'd be it'd be a uh, um, I don't know, it'd just be the first, uh, clips from the first ten minutes of the film, wouldn't it? That's <laughs> it, really. Um, are, are there any other films that you would recommend alongside this? Ooh, um. I think we talked about a lot of neo-noir stuff so there's um, there's one film from on. my perspective which I think does everything that the public eye wants to do but does it so much better oh. and focuses much more on what we were describing as the social strata and structure around these kinds of photographer type um kind of investigations as it were and the film I, I'm talking about is Nightcrawler oh, I haven't with seen that one. Jake Gyllenhaal and Riz Ahmed and they play so Jake Gyllenhaal plays a uh, like a news reporter a first on scene news reporter oh. uh, and takes takes the videos of crime scenes almost as they're happening but the point of the film the point of that film is that it doesn't really hook itself onto a crime plot it hooks itself onto the obsession of Jake Gyllenhaal in getting the first, oh, uh, that's being the fir- and it's yeah, it's really and the thing is he's really good in it because he plays this, he plays someone who isn't a professional at all and just kind of accidentally comes across a crime scene. Um, you know, he, he's like the first to crash scenes, for example. So he gets yeah. there before the ambulances get there, right? And actually films the people dying, as it were. It's really, really good. And and then he, you know, he becomes really successful that he starts playing the news channels off each other because they want the more, they want more and more sensational 
yeah. um, stories. And in the end, you know, things happen. I won't go into the details because yeah, yeah. it's, it's spoiler heavy. It is very, very good. Wow. It I get what, to... it's, yeah, it's really, really good. I mean, it's not a neo-noir or anything like that. It's, yeah. you know, it's a modern film set in modern days. But it's, it, but it's, really, it's really scathing and insightful about 24-hour news reporting as well. Wow. Which I think this could have been really insightful about tabloid um, reporting, right? Yeah, because yeah, it, it is, it is quite vulgar. These people in in their deaths, they, they just want dead people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? I, I I'd heard of Nightcrawler and I hadn't watched it in disgust because I found out it wasn't about the Marvel superhero. <laughs> <laughs> and thought, well, I'm not watching that. <laughs> well, I would say it was it was one of my top three or four films from 2014, 2013. It's really really worth watching. Jake Gyllenhaal is excellent in it. It's got um. Renee Russo as well. Um, she's really good. Um, and um, Riz Ahmed, who's really good in it as well. So, I mean, I would heartily recommend it. It's a really Fantastic. good film. I will make a note. Yeah. Uh, do uh, yeah, I'm, do I'm, watch it. Yeah, I'm dry. I have, I have nothing to compare with that. Uh, okay. Well, I mean, yeah, it, it just feels like this, 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 this should have done a lot of that stuff. Um, you know, and it being set in the 40s would have been really interesting. It would have been a really interesting case study in how you would use a 1940s setting to make commentary about tabloid journalism and the newspaper industry of the 90s, right? But yeah. it, it doesn't do that. And maybe that's not the point of it, because it's a Joe Pesci vehicle, whereas Nightcrawler isn't necessarily a Jake Gyllenhaal vehicle. Yeah. I suppose if you like newspapers, there's always newsies to watch. <laughs> a rewatch, of course. You <laughs> right. Well, having, uh, having thoroughly... You know, what, actually, you know what? There's only one, th there's one oh, thing worse. The one thing I can think of that would be worse than watching newsies, and, and it's not watching newsies again, <laughs> but it would be watching the stage musical newsies. Oh, no. I would give you one better. I would say watching the uh, high school production of the stage musical of newsies. <laughs> what? Don't tell me you've seen this. I haven't. But you were in it. Wait till, I, wait till I direct it. Oh, you. <laughs> I was in, I was in a, in a high school the other day, um, and they, they had Matilda going on. Um, although it was a, it was a very truncated version of the, uh, the musical Matilda. So you you were your school's Joe Pesci in the public eye, whereas the person that directed Matilda was their Bill Murray in Groundhog Day. <laughs> <laughs> chose the wrong one and with that we, <laughs> we will we will take a short break and we'll be back for the scores and crucially to learn oh. what we're watching next month yes welcome back we uh, after giving it a thorough battering we should apply some steak to the public eye and uh, and hope it uh, the swelling goes down in time for us to uh, to see what's happening next week but God. but as tradition befits james would you like to give the uh, disembodied crombie heads one out of five for the public eye um i mean this this is teetering on oblivion i have to say <laughs> um the th i think the thing that rescues this from from a one disembodied Crombie's head score. There's a better sentence in there somewhere. <laughs> is that it isn't morally offensive? Okay, it, it doesn't have. It doesn't. It doesn't make me angry at the message in the film. So I, I can only really reserve films that make me genuinely angry for one disembodied. You know what? It's got a one disembodied Crombie head because. It's one. 
And I'll tell Ooh. you why. I'll tell you why. It's one, because it's not morally reprehensible, reprehensible, but it has so much potential to be excellent. And it, I think at almost every turn misses the chance to do the right thing in the film, to make the right decision, to give the audience the right information. And as a result of that, I lost interest in a film with Joe Pesci as the lead actor. And that is criminal. Oh, hush. You might have talked me down now. Um, <laughs> wasted potential. Yeah, because I... Ooh, what do I give it now? Do I... Do I, do I... Look, there are worse films than this. There are yeah, worse films yeah. than this. No doubt at all. But sometimes you think this should not be as bad as it is. It's not good, is it? I'm going to give it... A, I'm going to give it a two. I'm going to be charitable. Yeah. Two, two for me. I, it was... I would probably watch it again if absolutely pushed i'm trying to think of what time i would want off anything how else. would you be pushed into this like if you were, i don't know if i don't know if there was if, if you know if there was a mass deletion of every every film in the public <laughs> record leaving only this newsies and dancing in the dark i'd probably give this a second watch yeah, if joe pesci came round for tea you'd be you'd be annoyed if you put this on wouldn't he <laughs> is it a two? Oh, yes give it a two i, I put down two when i well, that's how i felt about it i mean but would i recommend it oh yeah, it would, oh God, would I? <laughs> I'm trying to relive it. I, I, I quite like Stanley Tucci as the comedy gangster. I quite liked... But he's not yeah. a comedy gangster. That's the quick change. <laughs> it felt very comedy to me. <laughs> oh, dear me. What two, that? no, two. Let's stick with two. I, mean, I, had, I, I was teetering on a one or a two, but I think the conversation has pushed me to a one because this is, this is a, one of the few examples where a film isn't terrible but i can't justify giving it any more than a one because it 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 really shouldn't be terrible it really shouldn't be it shouldn't be as bad as it is and i think it it you know that annoys me that yeah. really annoys me See, it's a bit the other one that's uh that's uh vying for the plot and the plot was thin and bad but um yeah yeah i mean yeah, it's fun watching Jared Harris manfully try his way through an Irish accent. His well, dad yeah. watching this. Irish Jared Harris manfully <laughs> trying to plow his way through an Irish accent. I mean, even that, even that, even the film, the film even messes up Irish actor Jared Harris's accent. It'd be like Joe Pesci failing an Italian accent, wouldn't it? <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? It oh my God, take a picture of you. <laughs> It's like, what's he doing? Why is he doing that? Why is he doing that Italian accent? Just, Joe, just be normal. Hey, what do you mean? <laughs> Can you have pizza? Um, <laughs> all right, then. So now we've we offended several uh, ethnic yeah, groups here. Yeah, I think we have. Um, I think uh, that the time has come to, to um, close the shutter on the private eye in uh, public, the public eye. eye. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see, he's even got a bad name. Yeah, he does. He has a bad eye, name. The private eye. If it was about a private eye, I might be more interested. Yeah, he did. Look, the fact that he took photographs was completely pointless. It didn't matter. He could have turned up anywhere and took a photograph. He didn't have to be a photographer. Oh dear me! <laughs> I think we've bashed it enough. Let's yeah, just yeah. let's leave this this to the end. <laughs> anyway, would you like to ask me what we're going to watch next month? What are we watching next month, you? I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> uh, for July, our Ooh. film will be. The first great train robbery. Oh, the first great train robbery. You're not familiar with it? I think I am. Well, but let's it, find out. It, if, uh... well, yes, I, yeah, I, I'm, I have a feeling I know what it is, but I might be thinking of something different. To confirm, though, it doesn't star Phil Collins, does it? It does not star Phil Collins. <laughs> although, yeah. What That's film really... wouldn't be improved by that? <laughs> by not starring Phil Collins. <laughs> 
It's good private eye another disembodied head. <laughs> well, he was in another film as well, wasn't he? Tarzan. Oh, that's not. That doesn't count. He was in Hook as well. Hook. <laughs> he was quite good. No, I mean, that was Bob Hoskins, wasn't it? That was Bob Hoskins and Phil Collins. I'm sure Phil Collins has been in a a film where he was the star. Because he, he he went through this phase, didn't he, in the late '80s, where he was like, "It's Phil Collins. He's in Buster. That's great. He's in loads of these other films now." And then he made a film that absolutely bombed, and that was it. I sense we're moving slightly away from topic. <laughs> yeah, given <laughs> that that isn't the film of July or this film. <laughs> so with that, we'll uh, get a little ticket stub and board the train as we steam off into the sunset or the sunrise, depending on which time you're listening to this. And or direction we- you're heading in. <laughs> James, I've got one day to edit this together if we can make our <laughs> sorry, <deadline>. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I will wish you a very happy and a very healthy weekend at Crombies. Good evening all. Weekend at Crombies. I tell you what, though, I tell you, tell you what's better than liver. Oh. Deviled kidneys. Oh, oh I was going to say that. Oh, I love a bit of deviled kidneys. Oh, oh so good. Given the, given, given the job that the kidney does in the body, <laughs> it's surprisingly tasty, isn't it? I mean, I, I wouldn't even dream about any kind of part of the animal you're eating in its natural, <laughs> its useful environment because it's not good news. <laughs>